Uh, you can go ahead and turn tonight uh, to the room that says closet um, or uh, letter F in our outline, uh, what kind of closets will be in your home. Uh, again, I want to say to you, when we did this one last week, we had some uh, recording issues, and so I'm not going to go through this again. Uh, I'm just going to uh, just going to uh, read it through and then move on to the next room. Uh, I hope this has been beneficial stuff. Um, I, I believe it is if you if you want it to be. Uh, if you want to hear it and and you know well that's good for him that's good for them we're going to do it this way uh, then so be it. But if you want to take some Bible truths home with you and apply them, uh, God can help you. Uh, God can help you. Uh, I, uh, I, I'm afraid, even in our Christian homes, we don't, we don't take a whole lot of warning. We don't take a whole lot of wisdom. We are so set on how uh, we've done it and how we want to do it that we don't listen very much to anybody, not just, not just me, but anybody who wants to instruct us and help us. Uh, we've got a lot to learn tonight. Uh, I, I think... Uh, our generation uh, may, be, may be partially to blame for our raising. Uh, somewhere along the line, America, uh, the home, stepped away from any kind of godly training and leadership, uh, and we have been raised by people who didn't do it by the Bible in many occasions. Maybe good people, but they didn't do it by the Bible. And now we are raising people, uh, and we hear the Bible, we, we hear the preacher, we hear the truth, and we say, well, I tried that and it don't work. I want you to think about what you say when you say that. What you're saying is, I did what the Bible said and the Bible's not right. It didn't work. I promise you, your home, your child, your spouse, uh, your family, uh, they're not beyond the Bible uh, addressing their situation and helping them. And if we come to the point where we say, well, that Bible way just don't work for me or don't work for my, then we are denying uh, we are denying truth that will set us free. We are denying truth that will give us a solid marriage. We are denying truth uh, that, will, uh, that will stand the test of time. The Bible does work for you. The Bible works for your spouse. The Bible works for your children. Uh, consistent application of the Bible is probably where most of us fail. Uh, or maybe a misunderstanding of the Bible principle. Uh, is where most of us fail. And that's why I'm trying to teach this because I'm trying to not just give you my opinion and I don't mind giving that to you and I will uh, tell you when it's my opinion but I'm trying to take the Bible truth and give it to you and then you can decide whatever it is you want to do with it. Uh, and so as we're going through this uh, uh, home building class uh, and looking at the subject of determining the prince, if I'm going to build a house I'm going to, to decide before I go to the bank, before I purchase lumber, before I uh, get a loan for my house. I need to know how many boards uh, it's going to take to build my house. I need to know how many rooms it's going uh, to make up my house. I need to know how many tiles of, uh, of tile it's going to take, how many boards of hardwood it's going to take to build my house. And the way I do that is I determine what kind of house I want. And when I determine what kind of house I want, I can go by room by room and say I want big closets, I want a good kitchen, I want a nice living room. And all of those rooms represent rooms that are in our spiritual home. Uh, we, we looked at the living room, 
place for fun and fellowship. Uh, it's needed in your Christian home. Don't forget that. Don't, don't hear that. And then, uh, and then uh, uh, walk, walk out of here and say, well, I heard it, we applied it, and it went, went, went good for a week or two, and then quit doing that. Uh, make a consistent pattern in your life that these are things that we are going to establish in our home. And here's, here's, what'll, here's what God will do for you. If you're sincere about doing it right, uh, when you veer from that, the Holy Ghost will speak to you and say, you know, you've not been doing that that you said you were going to do. Has anybody found that to be true in your life? Does the Spirit of God speak to you? I hope so. Uh, that's, not, that's not how you said you were going to do it. That's not what, uh, what you set out to do. Uh, so make sure that, that we apply these principles and when we don't, uh, that, we, that we get back to them. Um, let's look at our next room tonight. We've gone through several, the living room, the kitchen, the master bedroom, the laundry room, the bathroom, all of these. And if you miss several of them or any of them, go online. They're on our website. They're on our podcast. You can get them. They're on Home Builders. It's labeled part one, part two, part three. Uh, under the first stage, and when we get to the next lesson, it'll be the, uh, the, 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 frames, the framing stage, and then there'll be part one, part two, part three, and so on under the framing stage. But this is the first stage of home building. Uh, we, 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 we went over this last time we met, uh, and, and our recording was off, and so I'm just going to read through it real quickly, and we'll get to our next thought. But here's the next one. What kind of closets will be in your home? The closet is the room for faith. I know what you're thinking, what does the closet have to do with faith? Let me explain. It is often said that you can never have enough closet space, how true that is. So it is in your Christian home, you'll need plenty of closet space. By using the word faith, there is a twofold application. The first being a place of retirement for prayer. And then I, I wrote down Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, but thou... When thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Uh, we started this year uh, out encouraging the church to pray. And many of you made some vows to God that for a week, I'm going to pray every day for 15 minutes. Some of you for a week, every day 30 minutes. And maybe even some of you said for a week, I'm going to pray every day for an hour. And you did that because you made a promise to God. And God blessed that in your life and God helped you in that. Uh, how easy it is to quit doing right things because we get busy it may be tonight before you leave here that you need to make another promise to God. God, I've got out of habit of that. And so this week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to promise you I'm going to spend 30 minutes a day. You say, I don't like making promises to God. Uh, I, I understand when it comes to our salvation, Lord, I'll do this and I'll do that. Uh, I'm believing in His promises, not my promises. Uh, but when it comes to my, my, my personal growth and my sanctification, it's not a bad thing to say, God, I, I, I want to make a promise to you. If you'll help me, I'm going to spend such and such time in the Word of God, such and such time in prayer. And, and if that has waned in your life, uh, then, then restart it by, by making a promise to God that you know good and well you're going to keep because you want to keep that promise to God. Uh, make sure your home, make sure your family uh, uh, don't just take it for granted. Give them opportunities. Uh, tell them, hey, we're going to pray together as a family tonight. Or, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're all going to go and we're going to spend time with the Lord separately tonight. And I want everyone to do that. 
and, 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 and give them the opportunity. You can't make them go in there and pray, but you can make them go, uh, and they'll have to sit before the Lord, uh, and, and God can talk to them. Uh, make sure that you have room uh, for both family and private prayer. But here's the sec- second application uh, as I use that term faith or, or, or the, the closet is the room for faith. Uh, the second application is this. It is faith in one another. Uh, have you ever had company stop by and the house was a mess so you threw everything in the closet? Why? You were embarrassed. You didn't want everyone to see your house unclean. Uh, but why were you not embarrassed? Why were you not worried about your family seeing it? Because they are your family. You trust them. You're comfortable around them. You don't have to hide who you are around them, and that is exactly the way it should be. You will be sillier around them than anyone else. You'll let your hair down. You'll sing out of tune. You'll do things that would embarrass you in any other crowd, but not them. And the reason why it doesn't embarrass you in front of them is because they're your family. You trust them. You have faith in them. Uh, and we, we went into some detail last week as we dealt with that. Uh, but I want to say it simply like this. Do everything you can to keep that faith. Do everything you can to keep that trust. Uh, Mom and Dad, your children should know that my mother and father's not going to hurt me with the information that they have on me. And, and, and Mom and Dad, your children should be taught early. Uh, that we're family and we're not going to hurt our siblings. Uh, I, I, we had two boys and they used to love to come to school and tell on the other one about whatever it was uh, that they could tell. And we had to teach them and we still have to remind them uh, that that's your family. We're not, we're not seeking to hurt them, but we're a part of this family together. Make sure that your uh, home has room for faith in one another. And I use that closet as a, that is the place where when, when, when we need a quick cleansing of the house, somebody's coming over, we take everything, throw it in that closet, and the only people in that house that knows it's there is the people who live there. Uh, and they know it, but the guests coming in don't know it. Uh, and we've all experienced something like that at some time or another. Uh, and, 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 and that's because we have faith in one another. Um, uh, don't hide information from your spouse, but also don't broadcast everything to the world. The neighbors don't need to know that your child failed a test. Uh, Make your home the kind of place that those living in it can have confidence and faith in one another. Teach it to your children. Practice it yourself. Make room in the closets of your home for family stuff. Things the world doesn't need to know about. Uh, I'm not talking about hiding important information or not seeking help when help is needed, but rather making the home a place of safety where messes can be made, where mistakes can be made, where accidents can happen, and where real life can be lived without fear of public humiliation. Thank God for closets in the home. Now let me give you about three or four verses that back this up, and we'll move out of this section, move into the next one. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 27, An ungodly man diggeth up evil, and in his lips there is as a burning fire. Proverbs 17, 9, He that covereth the transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth the matter separateth very friends. Proverbs eleven thirteen: A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Proverbs thirty one eleven: The heart of her husband does safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. Does your Christian home have room for closets? Uh, and I'll ask this question, Mom and Dad: Do your children trust? Uh, 
uh, that you're not going. And I understand there's always embarrassing moments. And, and I but does your children trust you uh, that you have their best interests and you're not trying to hurt them by mocking them or embarrassing them? Uh, 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 husband, does your wife trust you that you're not uh, at work talking badly about her to the guys? Uh, does, does your uh, husband trust you, uh, ladies, that you're not calling mom and calling uh, uh, you know, grandma uh, and running him down? Does he trust you uh, in that area? Uh, if not, do everything you can to earn that trust. Uh, that I married you and my loyalty is to you above anyone else. Uh, David had that kind of trust with, with, uh, with Michael, his wife, for a season. Uh, Michael was Saul's daughter. Uh, Michael marries David. Uh, David. David kills Goliath and the reward of that is, is getting one of Saul's daughters uh, Saul gives him uh, Michael. Michael marries David. And the Bible says Michael loved David. And when the day came that Saul set out to kill David, uh, and he came to, he sent his servants to his daughter Michael's house. They come to Michael's house and says, "We've come to get David." And where's David at? And Michael had already uh, slipped him out of the window, down the wall, so he could escape. And Michael. Uh, though it was her father coming to get David. Can you imagine being in the fix that she was in? Her, her daddy, who she loved and adored, despised her husband, who she loved and adored. Uh, but when, when her dad's servants came to get David, she slipped David out of the window, down the wall, into safety, and she, she, she laid a, a dummy mannequin in the bed uh, and covered it up. And when they came in, she said, David's asleep. He's sick. He's asleep. Uh, and they left, uh, and she lied, uh, and we're not promoting lying, but she lied uh, on David's behalf. You know what she did? She chose the man she married over the man who raised her. Uh, and if you're going to be biblical, if you're going to be right, the day may come when you choose, the, the day may come when you have to. When you choose the individual that you married over the ones who raised you, and that's biblical. Because... Uh, 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 for this cause shall, uh, uh, how does the verse go? Uh, shall a husband, is it, uh, shall a man leave his father and mother? Uh, he'll leave his father and mother uh, and he'll be joined together with his wife. Uh, that's the way it goes uh, for a man, for a woman. And, and your, your spouse, uh, your whether you're a husband and you've got a wife or whether you're a wife and you've got a husband, they ought to know, they ought to be able to believe and have assurance that at the end of the day, uh, they're one with me, we're one flesh, and I can trust them. Uh, are you hearing me tonight? I can trust them. Uh, and if not, our marriage is already rocky. If not, we started out on the wrong foot and we need revival Right now. Uh, you say, well, preacher, that don't really make that big of a difference. It makes all the difference in the world. Uh, it really does matter uh, that, 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 that we have that kind of confidence. Because if we're married and we don't have that kind of confidence, we're not going to raise children with that kind of confidence. 
If, 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 you, if you call home and talk to your mother or father about the man you married, then you also talk to your children about the man you married. If you call home and talk to your father and mother about the woman you married, then you also, uh, uh, you'll also complain to your children when they come of age about the woman you married. Uh, and we need room for closets in our home. We need room for faith where I know this person that I'm with and I'm married to has got my back and we're one together and then our children grow up knowing I've never heard my daddy say anything about my mother. I never heard my mother say anything about my daddy. They love one another. I trust them and I trust that what they say to me is said in confidence or said or what I say to them is said in confidence. They'll keep it to one another. They're not calling the world and blabbering what I have done or my problems. Uh, I can trust them that they're not trying to humiliate me or embarrass me. I'm not trying to uh, get back into this room just scanning through it, but that's pretty good truth right there. Take that home, put that in a little, put that in a little paper sack, uh, wrap it up real neatly and take it home with you because uh, you'll need to eat off of that uh, in days to come. I guarantee you, you'll need to eat off of that in days to come. Can I get away? Y'all can talk back to me now. Uh, all right, let's look at the next room. Here we have not got to this room and we're going to spend probably two, maybe three Sunday nights dealing with it and then we'll move on out of, uh, out of this uh, determining the prince and we'll get to demolish the parcel. Look at, at there's some things that have to be cleaned out uh, that, that, that are in the way. There are obstacles in the way of a healthy, happy home. Uh, let's, let's look at this last room tonight uh, and it is the children's room. What kind of children's room will be in your home? Uh, the child's room, and as we've gone, uh, and, and for our uh, alliteration, we've, we've used Fs. Uh, the child's room is the room for fostering. Uh, it is the room for our future. Uh, the definition of the word foster, and you have this paper in front of you now, the definition of the word foster is to feed, to nourish, to support, to cherish, to forward, to promote growth, to encourage, to sustain. Uh, I'm going to read some verses to you tonight. I'm going to give them to you, and I'm going to uh, expound on them. Uh, and, and so if I, if I give you any opinion, I'll, I'll tell you this is my opinion. Uh, but right now I'm going to give you some verses, and I want you to take the Bible as it's written, face value, uh, applicable to you, uh, or applicable to you, uh, uh, in your daily life. Uh, Psalm 127, verse 3 through 5. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. How many of you believe that tonight? Children are an heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the, of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of the mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them, they shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Uh, Psalm 127, verse 3 through 5. Uh, children are a gift, uh, the Bible teaches. They are given to us on loan from God to cherish and love, but also to lead and to train. As a rule, an arrow will generally go in the direction that it is aimed and directed. So, so as arrows, our children must be aimed and directed. Proverbs 22, 
uh, verse 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Um, I, I want to uh, talk to you for a minute tonight before we go any further about Psalm 127, children are heritage of the Lord uh, as arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Um, I, 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 I don't know, uh, I said it a minute ago, I don't know where exactly, if you could go back to a point in time where, where homes begin to miss the mark uh, in child rearing. Uh, and, and I don't want to come across tonight like I am, uh, you know, the epitome of have it all figured out. That's not the case. If you've been around me long enough, you know that. Uh, number one, you've probably seen me get it wrong. Number two, you, you know that I, I, I don't try to put myself across that way. But I do believe firmly on the principles of the Word of God. Would anybody, uh, would anybody agree with that tonight? We agree firmly on the principles of the Word of God. Uh, so it's my job to... Find out those principles because I need them daily in my life. I need God's direction if I'm going to do this. And so the Bible likens children to arrows in the quiver of a mighty man. Uh, one thing I know about arrows is they don't jump out of the quiver and they don't attach themselves to the bow and they don't dart themselves through the sky except somebody puts some effort into them, uh, that arrow has to be developed. Uh, it's just a piece of wood. It has to be developed. It has to be, uh, it has to be uh, uh, chiseled down and smoothed down uh, and made fit to, to fly. Uh, and then it has to be pulled out of the quiver. Uh, it has to be aimed and directed uh, and then there has to be some kind of force uh, behind it that pushes it uh, into the right direction that it needs to be. And the Bible teaches that my job as a father and your job as a father and our job as parents, your job as a mother is to take those children and develop them in the 18 years that we have them in our life uh, as young children that we have influence to develop them uh, so that we can, when the day comes for them to fly, pull them out of the quiver uh, and direct them and point them. Uh, I'm supposed to be pointing my children in the right direction. Can I get a witness right there? It is my job to point them. If I don't, uh, 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 they might not be an arrow in the hand. They might become an arrow in the heart. Uh, and, and they have the potential to be that. Uh, even if you're pointing them in the right direction, but if you're not pointing them at all, uh, the possibility of them becoming an arrow in your heart is higher than it is uh, being an arrow in your hand uh, if, if, if you're not even attempting to point them in the right direction. Uh, I, I think tonight that we think that one of these days they're going to grow up into maturity and they're going to know all of these things that we never taught them. I think tonight we think that one of these days they're going to grow up and they're, no, they're going to know not to be vulgar and nasty and they're, no, they're going to know how to, how to talk and how to act with human, other human beings even though they have never been made to do that. They're going to know how to order their own meal at a restaurant though they're 15, we never taught them how to do that. Can I get a witness right there? I see that so many times, that, that bothers me. Uh, we're, we're training up children for adulthood that's going to be able to vote. They're going to be able to vote for our presidents. 
uh, and they don't know history. They don't know how to use the microwave. Uh, they, they, they don't know how to turn on a stove. They've never washed a dish. They can't balance a checkbook, but they have enough sense to vote for the next politician that's going to run our country. Are you hearing me tonight? It's my job to point them. Uh, I ought to be pointing them before money, before, before education. I ought to be pointing them to God. And it's never too early to start pointing them towards God. That ought to be my, my, my ultimate goal is that these young people growing up in my house, that they know God, they have a relationship with God, they love God, and I can't make them, but I tell you what I can do, I can help steer them, I can help point them in the right direction and keep them around where God is. I, I love Crossroads Baptist Church not because of all the people, though I do love the people here. I love Crossroads Baptist Church not because of the building, though I love the building here. I love Crossroads Baptist Church not because of the school. I do love the school. But I love Crossroads Baptist Church because it is a place where God meets with us regularly. He'll meet with us on Sunday morning. He'll meet with us on Sunday night. He'll meet with us on Wednesday night. And I have this assurance that sitting in these pews, I have two children that I know God knows who they are, he knows where they are and I know that on any given service he may move in here in such a way that, that, that I know he'll speak to their heart that is my job to keep them in that type of atmosphere uh, as I point them and direct them in the right direction but here's something else a bow, you just lay it on the, or an arrow, you just lay it on the, on the bow and let go, you know what it's going to do? Flop. Fall over. There has to be some force behind that, right? It's my job not just to point them and direct them and to help develop them, but it's my job to put some force behind them. We say stuff like, man, my kid's so lazy. All right, I got 18 years, and I knew they had that problem since they was about three. Huh? I got 18 years and they didn't just turn 15 or 14 or 12 and become lazy. They've had this pattern their whole life since they've been with me. And it's my job to put some force behind them. And there's many ways to do that, but it's my job to figure out how much force they need. Uh... Preacher, my, my, my child, unless it's playing a video, go, a video game, man, they have no effort towards anything. All right, then it may take some force to say, by the grace of God, we're going to turn you into a man. By the grace of God, we're going to turn you into a lady. And if we have to take everything that you enjoy away, and, you know, they just don't like cleaning their room. Well, thank God tonight that you are called father and you are called mother and you own that place that they don't like cleaning. And there are ways you can make them do that. And if you don't do that, don't be upset when they're 20 and they won't do it. Don't be upset when they're 30 and they won't do it. Nobody ever made them do anything they didn't want to do. I think that's one of the greatest failures of our generation. And I'm not trying to always throw stones at my generation. But I think it's one of the greatest failures. We so badly wanted our kids to have something that we didn't have that we forsook all the good things that we did have. Uh... 
I remember as a child, this is how it was, I don't know how it was at your house. It's daylight outside. You come home from school, you prayed to God, Daddy wasn't home yet. Not because we didn't love Daddy, not because Daddy was mean. Daddy was not mean. Daddy loved us, but if Daddy was home, it was work time. Daddy's not going to let you pile up, come home, eat, eat, eat a meal before your meal, pile up on the couch, play video games, and lay around and lounge around like a couch potato was not going to fly with Curtis Williams. I hated it then. Looking back now, I'm so glad he made me do something. Because I still to this day can barely come home and sit down and I'm like, man, I gotta go do something. It's sunny outside. It's pretty outside. It's too much out there to be trapped in here. Uh, but see, mama was on the same page as daddy. Maybe she didn't have a job for us to do, but she'd say, all right, boys, outside you go. But mama, daddy's not here. And we want to know you go outside and play. Well, what are we supposed to do? I don't know. Have fun. Entertain yourself. There's four of you. Figure it out. You say, well, I, I, mine's the only one. Well, let them have an imaginary friend, I guess, or go out there with them. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, and we had to go outside and figure out. And I remember playing in the woods. I remember building forts. I remember, uh, I remember doing dumb stuff, BB gun wars. Probably wasn't wise. Can I get a witness right there? But you, you'd be amazed at the stuff kids can come up with if given an the opportunity. There's going to have to be some force. They, they, don't, they don't want to do their schoolwork. Uh, I, I didn't know that this was a democracy in your house. Huh? I didn't know. I didn't know it was a. We were taking a vote. This was an option. Uh, they 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 don't want to do their chores. Okay, so you 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 got options here, and you just kind of sign up for what you want. What I'm trying to tell you is, there's going to come a day when them arrows are going to hit the ground because they never had any force put behind them. If you want, listen, you, 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 I've said it before, your, your house needs a room for fun, and it needs room for fun. You're not running a boarding school. You're not, you're not Matilda's uh, uh, principal. Half of y'all know who that is, and the other half of y'all have no idea what I'm talking about. You're, you're, not, you're not Matilda's principal. You're not running a boarding school. There ought to be some fun and all of that, but, but it's not gonna hurt a little force. We're going to point you in the right direction and help you learn principles, help you learn uh, character, help you learn to do something with your life. Um, train up a child in the way she go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. Uh, as we continue developing the floor plan, floor plan of our Christian home, let's be sure to give much consideration to this highly important room in this room, we will foster our future. How much money have we spent ensuring our children have the best education we can give them? How much time rushing from game to game or activity to activity, all in the name of giving our children the best life we possibly can? All of these things have their place, but what about what really matters? What about their eternal soul? What about their walk with God? What about their character? What about their life? If our children have a hope in this world, it is in Christ and the Christian home. Here's a list of lessons that must be taught to the child 
in the Christian home. And it's my job to teach it. Uh, and, and if I am late to the party, better late than never. If I am just starting out, let's take whatever time I have left and let's try to input and instill uh, this kind of character uh, into our children. Here's the first lesson that is vitally important. I mean, it, it is way up there, uh, about as high uh, of a lesson as far as, as helping uh, build morality and character uh, and, and, and conviction in that young person, uh, and it is this, it is respect. It's a lost word. It's a lost subject. Uh, we, we, we know that when a the Bible, and I wish I had wrote it down, it just came to my mind as I'm, as I'm, as I'm talking to you this evening, but we know that when a, when a nation is under judgment, the Bible said it's children rule over it. Is America not under judgment because it's not the case that the children run the parents? I remember having friends when I was a kid and going to their house, and I, I literally remember hearing young people curse. Friends of mine, fifth grade, fourth grade, and they cursed their parents, and their parents would be, oh, don't do that. Don't talk like that to me. I, I mean, I, listen, my daddy was not abusive, but he would have become abusive. My mama was not abusive, but she would have learned the tactics of abuse 101. Uh, literally, and many of you know, you remember that in your lifetime, in your generation. Now here we are, and think that generation that was raised by parents that let their own children cuss them are now raising children. You ever thought about that? The children that were raised by parents who let them look at their face and cuss them and tell them no. I remember going to a friend's house one time and his mom said, I want you to do that. He said, no. And she said, well, okay then. Don't get so mad about it. I thought, I, I mean, I, even as a kid, knowing that I wish I had a little bit more freedom than I had, I knew Man, this kid's an idiot. He really is. I don't even know why I'm hanging out with him. He's, fail he's destined for failure. No! And, and curse their parents. And now those young people are my age and they are raising children that are worse than they were. Right? Nobody ever taught respect, and we live in 2022, and we have lost a whole lot of things. But I want to tell you tonight, I can't win the whole world. I'd like to be able to. I can't. I can't change the whole world, the whole world. But I can change my home, and I can make sure that I train up children that know that that's not how we operate. That they have respect. Uh, how much? Uh, or, or, I'm sorry, why is it so important that a child learns respect? Whose responsibility is it to teach respect? So what if they don't learn respect? What's the big deal? Well, here's why it's so important. This is why it's such a big deal. Now, it's on your paper. You can turn with it in your Bible as well if you want. You can look at it on your paper. It makes no difference to me. But Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26 answers these questions. Why? Is it a big deal that our children learn to respect us? In the fear, this is Proverbs 14, 26, in the fear of the Lord, 
is strong confidence and his children shall have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. I'll read it to you again. In the fear of the Lord, number one, is strong confidence. His children, number two, shall have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord, number three, is the fountain of life. To depart, number four, from the snares of death. Twice the Bible declares, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The word fear in this context means respect and reverence. It is the, the fear of the Lord is not that we are afraid of God, that God is always trying to kill us and smite us and put us in hell. It's not that we are afraid to mention his name, but we, we, we have the spirit of adoption. Uh, the New Testament teaches us whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Uh, that's not a fear that God's always trying to put us in hell, but it is a reverential, a respectful fear of the Lord that we know who he is and we know that he is God and above him there is none else including me and when I fear the Lord when I respect who he is when I respect his authority when I respect his word in my life then the Bible says I'll have strong confidence a place of refuge a fountain of life and depart from the snares of death. It literally means the fear or respect or reverence literally means to come under the authority. In essence, when a child learns respect, they have strong confidence, a place of safety and security, a life worth living, and a way out of trouble. Why in this world would we, would we rob our children of such a wonderful treasure? because we are not willing to teach them respect. Are you hearing me tonight? If, if my children having the fear of God, a reverential respect, brings about such blessings, then, then, then what, as, as we say, we want our children to be happy, well then go back to the Bible principle and realize that there is no child that is happy, uh, uh, happier then the child who has strong confidence, the child who has a place of refuge, the child who has, uh, uh, has entered into the fountain of life, and the child who has the ability to depart from the snares of death. Uh, why would we rob our children of such a wonderful treasure? Children who never learn to come under authority will sadly have a hard time with authority and respect throughout their life, especially concerning God. Doesn't that make sense in our world today? when we consider the rebellion, when we consider the uh, closed fists in the face of God and, and in the face of righteousness, where is the respect? Where is the authority? Sadly, too often it is missing in the home, the first place where we learn before school, before church, before our peers is at home. Are you teaching your children to respect you? What about your spouse? What about other adults? What about teachers? What about preachers? What about God? Let me, let me pause right here and input this. Uh, I see it all the time. I see it even in our church world. I see it even in Crossroads Baptist Church. I see it. We have a school. We deal with children day in and day out. I see it. I see it across the board. Uh, uh, oftentimes, one parent 
will, will deal with something on a different level than another parent would. And so because of that, that one parent will team up with the child and will hide information from the other parent or will cover information from the other parent or will maybe, maybe not cover it but will withhold information from the other parent. Uh, and what that does is that teaches that child that my mother does not respect my father or my father does not respect my mother and it tears down that wall of leadership. It tears down that wall of authority. Uh, we, we have a lot of, in our generation, and, and, and God still works and still uses and still blesses, but we have a lot of broken homes uh, in, our, in our generation. Uh, and and when, when a home becomes broken, and I don't have to preach this to you for you to know it. You already know more than anybody the difficulties that you face with that. Uh, uh, whether death broke the home or divorce broke the home, uh, you already know the difficulties that come along with that. Um, uh, but, but, but if you're a Christian, uh, do everything that you can in your power to build up to the best of your ability the other parent, even if they don't live in your home, because that is a wall of authority in that child's life that they need. Does that make sense? That's not easy. You say, preacher, I'd like to see you try that on and try. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy. I'm not saying it's going to be fun, but with the best of your ability, do everything that you can. Even if you can't build up that wall, try not to tear that wall down. Uh, because that is, that, is a, that is a vitally important uh, aspect to that child's life, whether it be their mother, whether it be their father. Uh, and and that, lots of times people are not on the same page. They have completely, they have completely different life goals. They have completely different uh, uh, life uh, methods in which they live. They have completely different uh, mindsets about how things ought to be. And you may not be able to agree on everything and you may have a hard time building someone else up. Just do the very best that you can that you don't tear them down, especially in front of their child or your child or your children together because what you do is you're taking down part of the authority in their home. Uh, that, that relates to teachers. Whether your kids go to Crossroads Christian Academy or your kids go to another school somewhere else, it makes no difference when it comes to this. Those people in that child's life are authoritative figures. And it ought to be my goal, it ought to be my job, the best that I can to not tear down that authority in their life. It ought to be that way with preachers. You may not always agree with me. You may not always like what I say. But when you get in the car and you head down the road and you take, uh, you take the message uh, uh, and, and, and dissect that, uh, with your children and say, well, I know what he said, but I ain't going to do that. I don't agree with that. Even if that's your mindset, don't agree with me then. Don't do what I said. Do whatever you want to do. It's your life. But when you tear down that authority, what you have done is the day's going to come when that young person is going to need me. They're going to need the preacher. They're going to need to have faith and confidence that what I say uh, is going to protect them and help them and, 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 and serve well in their life. And if you never had that confidence in me when they need to, they probably won't either. Are you hearing me? Uh, teach your children to respect you, your spouse, other adults, teachers, preachers, 
Uh, what about God? Uh, are we teaching our children to respect God and His Word? Uh, if, tenter, if temper tantrums work, where is the respect? If eye rolls and back talking works, where is the respect? If blatant disobedience is laughed at, we are not headed for trouble. We are already in trouble. You know, one of the, and again, we're not trying to uh, come across as dictators and um, uh, what, what's the, uh, Kevin can help me here, uh, boot camp sergeant, uh, drill sergeant, thank you. Uh, we're not trying in our home to be drill sergeants. We're not trying to be, um, you know, run a boarding school. Uh, but here's, here's, here's a, a common mistake, and it's so easy to make. When our children are real little and they do things that are disobedient, blatant disobedience, and there's a side of it that's really funny. If you've raised kids, you understand this. There's sometimes they do stuff, and you're like, man, I don't know where that little devil got that from. But it's, it's humorous. Where in the world did they learn to do that? But, but when we laugh at it, uh, and you may have to, I've had to go to my room before, me and my wife, and we have just nearly laid in the floor, LOL, and laugh out loud. Uh, just, I mean, just, just, just laughing. But I had to go back in there with a straight face and say, no, you can't do that. Uh, take take the stick in your finger in a light socket, for instance. You know, uh, you know, you you're telling them no, don't do that, and they're walking to it, smiling at you, grinning, and you want to laugh. But here's the problem: if you laugh, they're going to keep doing that, and they're going to get electrocuted. Uh, understand that 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 these things, these things, how they talk to us. Um. I, 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 I know this much to be true. It's true in my home. It was true in the home that I grew up in. When dad was not around, when I'm not around, when my father was not around, if he was at work, children feel like most, even though mom's more likely to whip them than dad half the time, because mom's with them all the time, it's like, I'm, I'm, I don't think what you're doing is cute. <laughs> uh, my children, uh, myself as a child, was more apt to, um, to misbehave when, when dad was not around. Is that not normally how it goes? Daddy's not around. They, 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 we're, you know, we'll be all right. We can play on mom's emotions. And sometimes that is a false mindset that they realize that didn't go well. Uh, mom must be emotionally unstable today. <laughs> I thought I was going to play on her emotions and she's <laughs> unstable. Uh um, but most of the time, and that's, that's how it goes. Um, they know that, and they're not dumb. Uh, and so I'd say to the mothers, don't, don't step in the way of dad being, being dad because that child needs that solid, that solid fatherly figure in his life. If at all possible, he's got to have that. Uh, unless dad's not around, if dad's... Not around, do the best that you can, but don't, don't interfere with that. Uh, let him be dying if you, uh, uh, and, and, and don't always come to the rescue and bail out because that child needs that kind of fear. I, um, I, I've said this to you before, I'll, I'll say it again. 
uh, years throughout the years I've I've said it. Um, God gives us a couple verses in the Bible. Here's one of them: uh, Husbands love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. The Bible said that husbands are to love their wives. That is a commandment, that is a teaching, that is a goal that should be ours as a husband. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. And he compares the love of a husband to his wife with the love of Christ to the church. And when a child grows up in a home where dad's doing the best that he can to do that, then always in front of him he has a real life 3D illustration, a picture uh, established in front of him on a daily basis of what Christ's love for the church looks like because he watched it as a child growing up watching his father love his mother. And when he comes to an age of, uh, of, of, of getting older and he, and he realizes that there's two ways to go, I can live my life the way I want to or I can live my life for Christ, and he realizes the, the, the love that his father showed to his mother and he's able to compare that with the love that Jesus wants to show to him, it is an easier step to make when he realizes, I have seen this in action. Right? And here's another verse. Wives, submit yourselves to your husband. There's that old dreaded word that every woman in America hates. Wives, submit. We hate that, but a husband's got to submit to God. Everybody's got to submit to somebody. People submit to a boss. You submit to the IRS. You submit to Burke County Police Department. I mean, you're submitting. I mean, we're always submitting uh, to somebody, to something. And we're all submitting to God. Here's the Bible verse. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. And there and again is one of them 3D, 3D illustrations when a child grows up and they realize and they watch their mother and their mother loved their father and their mother served their father. And it was her joy to... to, to and, 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 and there used to be a time in America when, when women took great pride and great privilege in loving their family, raising their children, building their home, cherishing what God had given them in that home. And if you would ask them, would you rather be a mother taking care of your family or the president of the United States? They'd have laughed at you in your face and said, why would I step down from this high calling of motherhood? I mean, literally bringing life into this world and then nurturing and fostering that life and training it up to do something worthwhile and you want me to go try to run a country? I ain't got time for that. And now we've turned that completely around and said, no, we don't want these children. We want to, we want to do something to be. And the greatest thing, I mean, one of the greatest callings ever, how, how could it be any greater of a calling than to bring life into the world? Does it get much better than that? Does it get much higher than that? I brought life into the world. And then I took that little life and I molded it and I prayed for it and I taught it and I trained it and I raised it up and I, and I was able to send it out into the world to do the same thing. Oh, that's demeaning. How dare you? Really? Is God's way demeaning? Or maybe we're demeaning ourselves trying to do everything other than God's way. 
Maybe we're robbing ourselves and our home and our children and our family because men are trying to do it other than God's way. Women are trying to do it other than God's way. What about if we just tried it God's way? I wonder how well that shoe would fit. Um, but when we have the illustration, wives, submit yourself to your husband, and a child grows up and they watch and mama loved daddy. Mama loved daddy and mama loved serving her home. Mama loved preparing the home and, and taking care of the home. And as mama does all of these things and that child grows up and realizes, you know, it never was a burden to my mother serve my home. I bet it won't be a burden to me to serve the Lord. Right? We have this mindset that God wants to rob you of joy. God wants to steal you of life. God wants to destroy you of fun. God don't want you to enjoy anything. And the truth of the matter is is that God wants you to live fulfilled. And in that fulfillment comes through doing it God's way. And when we do it God's way in the home that God has given us, we raise up children that understand what the love of Christ to the church looks like. And a home that grows up understanding what the love of the church to Christ looks like. Chasten thy son while there is hope and let not thy soul spare for his crying. Proverbs 19, 18. Proverbs 20, verse 11. Even a child is known by his doings whether his work be pure and whether it be right. Proverbs 22, 15. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with a rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with a rod, and shalt deliver his soul from hell. It's pretty powerful, isn't it? Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with a rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with a rod, and shalt deliver his soul from hell. My son, if thine heart be wise, my heart shall rejoice, even mine, yea, my reign shall rejoice, when thy lips speak right things. Let me talk to you about this rod and then be done. That's another no-no. Don't, don't talk about disciplining children. And, and I guess I could see that except I've got a Bible that says that that's my job to do that. The Bible talks about the rod. David said, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And I don't know that I ever realized this for years until one day I did, that they're the same thing. That rod and staff that David said come for me was not two different objects. God had a rod and God had staff, but they were all two in one. That shepherd's rod, on the end of it is a crook. On the end of it is it's the staff. And on the end of that staff, it is meant to reach out into the flock of sheep and, and, and pull that one back in. It is, not, it is not to be abusive. It is not... Even to be corrective, it is to bring closeness. And so he reaches in there and he pulls that. And David said, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The Bible said that the rod of correction shall, if thou beat, if thou beat him with a rod, thou shalt deliver his soul from hell. There is need for the staff and there is need for the rod. Here's what we need wisdom on, winning the win when to know when to use the staff and when to know when to use the rod. Uh, here's, here's what, um, 
and I'm from the south, and I guess this is everywhere now, I guess it is, but most, you know, they've gotten so far from it that they don't even use it. But here in the south, people still discipline their children, but most of us do it like a crazy, wild redneck on a rampage. Y'all could have laughed at that because you know it's true. A crazy, wild redneck on a rampage. Uh, where we've been yelled at and cussed at and, and spit at by our little wild animal children that have no respect for anything until we flip out in the center aisle, the cereal aisle of Walmart, uh, and, we, and we go to whipping them with anything that we can find and cussing them. And I see that and I think, God help you, nobody helped you, and you ain't helping nobody. Can I get a witness right there? That's not, that's not what God means. Well, bless God, I whip my children. I'll beat that kid half to death. I mean, tell you, he couldn't sit down for six. That's not what God means. I'll smack the silly off of your face. That's not what God means. And we may say silly stuff like that, but that's not what God means. There are times when it's my job as a parent in order to keep respect from my child that when I say what I mean, that I mean what I say and I stand behind it. And if all they need is the staff to pull them back in, that should always be my first. That should always be my first. But if that don't work and they're just headstrong on being a devil, then there's another end on that thing. And it can quickly flip around. All right, I warned you, I talked to you, I spoke to you about why this was wrong. Now let's go to the room. Can I, can, can I I'm nearly done. Um, discipline was never supposed to be in anger. It's never supposed to be in, 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 in a crazed rage. It's never supposed to be the, 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 the response to our frustration. If you're frustrated, uh, then you're already in a mess. Because, because you have already lost control because they have allowed you to get to the point where they are frustrating you and it never should have got there. And it happens to me, it happens to you, it happens to all of us. And what we have to realize is that I lost control somewhere because these, the, these young people grow up in my, they're not listening and I'm angry. And I have allowed them to push me to the point of anger because apparently I've been doing a whole lot of talking and they're not very much disciplined. They know that my talk is cheap. Now I've got to figure out how to fix it. And here's how you don't fix it. Well, I'm going to go in here and, and whip you till I'm not frustrated no more. That's not discipline. That may be abuse. That, that's probably abuse. I'm taking my anger out on you. That's not discipline. See, I've got to get me right. And here's a good way to get you right, to realize that there's going to be some times when you're going to have to discipline that child in a corrective manner that, 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 is, that is not fun for you or them, but also know that the God of heaven knows how to chastise his, and you're one of his. And I better be right with God before I deal with, with my child. Uh, but according to the Bible, there has to be a time for the for the rod, for the for the belt, for the hickory, for whatever whatever you want to call it. Corporal punishment of sorts. Uh, 
They have mocked that. They have laughed at that. They have denied that. They've called that everything under the sun that they want to. And yet they have raised a generation of protesters, a generation of perverts, a generation of, 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 of young people that are depressive, that, that are abusive, that are arrogant, that are fist shakers in the face of God because no one has ever brought them under control. And we're going to lose a generation of young people if our Christian homes can't figure that out. If our Christian homes can't figure out how to establish, I'm the father, I'm the mother, this is how it's going to be. Dad, if you ever hear your children talk to your mother, to their mother or your wife in such a way that is disrespectful and disobedient, it is your job not to fly off the handle and, and, and elbows flying and belts flying, but it is your job take that situation and deal with it in however means needs to be, whether it be the staff or the rod. And, you, and there are some children where it don't take a whole lot of rod, just a little bit of staff. And there are some children, they, it, it takes a whole lot more rod than it ever took staff. Have a little bit of discernment, but don't back away from Bible principles. Don't back away from Bible principles that God gave the home to raise up children that respect the authority in that home. But if you're going to do it, do it the right way. If you're going to do it, be a Christian. If you're going to do it, well, this is how my mama did it. Well, it don't mean your mama, as loving as she is, was always right. My mama wasn't always right. Truth of the matter is, is my kid's mama is probably not always right, neither is their father. We're human. But I should learn the best I can. My son, if thine heart be wise, my heart shall rejoice, even mine. Yea, my reign shall rejoice when thy lips speak right things. In our children's life, in the child's room, the room for fostering, the room for the future, it is my job to teach respect. Don't veer from it. Don't back away from it. Don't, don't, don't expect others to do it. I've literally had people come to our school before and say, how come you can't get my child to do their work? I've had, I've had parents, none of you in here, and I mean that, none of you in here have done that, not that I remember. Uh, but there have been people that have come to me in years past, why can't you get them to do their work? And here's always my response, why can't you? Why can't you? I'm not their father, nor am I their mother. I don't have a, I know this is getting recorded, you know, and you never, never know where stuff's going to go, but I don't have a belt with my name on it for them. But you do. Why can't you? Here's why, because no one wants to be the bad guy. They want everybody else to be the bad guy. They're mad at the one who's not. Ever, both parents, neither parent wants to be the bad guy. The dad, oh, I don't want to always be the bad guy. Well, then don't be the bad guy. Be the real good guy who does things the right way and that child knows. Here, here's how you can handle that. Wait until you're not mad. Go to your room. I'll be in there in a little bit. And if you've got to go walk around the house 15 times until you're not mad, pray. And then go in there and say, all right got to talk 
And I'm going to talk to you about what you've done wrong. And I want you to understand it. And I told you if you did that, that I was going to whip you. And I want you to know I don't want to do this. But I love you. And I want you to know that when I say something, I mean what I say. I love you. But I'm going to have to whip you. And then against everything within you that don't want to do it at that point because you've done got it right with God. and You've calmed down. Then do what you said you were going to do. And when you get done, lay the belt down and say, when you get done crying, come get me. When you, when you cool off, come get me. And wait on them to come get you, or if they don't, you go get them, and you put your arm around them, and you say, now, I did that because I really do love you. And there's going to come a day when the consequences are a whole lot worse than a belt. And if you don't learn how bad the belt consequence is, then you're not going to believe what the other consequences are. And when that day comes, and if you won't listen to me, then I won't be able to save your life. But if you'll know that I mean what I say, that, that what I say could save your life, and that's why that I love you, there ain't a child in this world, even after just getting a whipping, that wouldn't melt underneath that. And I'm going to tell you something else. Because this is such a Bible principle, if you're a child of God, is this not true? You get out and you get out and you get away and you get away and you get away and God says, all right, that's far enough. I told you. And God chastises you. If you're a child of God, he chastises you. And is that not the very method of his mercy that brings you back to him? And when it's all said and done, you're really grateful for it? It's almost as if it brings cleansing. And when we rob our children of that kind of discipline, we never bring cleansing in their life. We never bring it to a head. We never bring it to a point. And flipping out and swinging arms and going crazy, that is not chastisement. It's abuse. It's insanity. It's absurdity. And it don't work. But a real talk and a real loving discipline followed up by a real talk will tell that young person they really do love me. I don't know why this whipping stuff's important in my life but I know they believe it and they love me. And we gotta have it. Jeff, you gotta have it in your home. Kayla, you gotta have it. You're raising up two young people. It's, it's not even, a, it's not an option. It's not, it's, it can't even be a question. It's got to be, but it's got to be right. It's got to be right. It's got to be right. You say, preacher, I'm not going to do it that way. Then do it the same way everybody else is doing it and turn out the same thing everybody else is turning out. Disrespectful, disobedient. You know, the Bible said in the last days that the children would be unthankful, unholy. I wonder why. I never learned anything better. There's everyone here and you say, Preacher, I, I, I thought I was doing it right and I, I don't think I did it right. There's everyone here say, Preacher, my kids are grown. I don't think I did it right. I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. I don't know that I did it right. Then just be honest. Maybe you need to be honest with them. I know you're 25 now and I know you're grown. I know you're 30 now. I know you're grown. I want you to know, at that time in my life, I did the best that I knew how to do, and obviously I didn't do it all right. 
but I love you. I'm here for you now. It's never too late to do the right thing within the ability that you have to do, within the power you have to do right. Brother Byron is, I don't know how old he is, but his mother is, is 103 years old. And I believe they had a good relationship, but if there was a division there, if you, and I don't think there was. I think he's got a great relationship with her. But at 103 years old, 103 years old, if she were to say to him, I didn't do it right, and I want you to know, it would mean just as much at his age now. Right? That stuff never changes. I, I didn't do it right. I got it wrong, but I'm sorry. And from whatever time I got left, let's do it right. I mean, it's time, we, it's time we live like Christians because Jesus is coming back in a minute and we don't have long to get this stuff right. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you. You sure have helped us. God, I bless your name tonight. I, I've taught a long time. I, I, I appreciate the patience of your people. I'm sorry I, I took so much of their time tonight. God, thank you for your help. Thank you for your wisdom. Lord, bless uh, the days to come. Lord, we've got more to go into. Touch it. Help us, Lord, help us to take home some homework, put it to practice. We need it. I need it. Every bit of this I need. I need to be reminded. God, if someone will listen to it online, speak to them as well. Lord, I pray. God, may we not be offended by truth. but Lord, may we be changed by the word of God, the truth of the word of God. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.